Cool. So we're going to dive in to the topic for today, which is meal timing. Um, so we're going to talk all about meal timing, give you all the details on what I recommend as far as meal timing for fat loss. Doesn't matter. Does it not matter um, what kinds of things you should be doing um, regarding your meal timing? Uh, so let's go ahead and dive in. So first, we have to kind of define what I mean by meal timing. Um, does it mean specifically like what times of the day you're eating? Does it uh, mean like if you're having carbs in the morning, carbs at night, carbs in the middle of the day, what exactly does that mean? Uh, so meal timing, when I kind of use that term, what I'm referring to is the distribution of calories or macros um, or micronutrients, um, so vitamins and minerals throughout the day. So however you have those distributed throughout the day. So if you are eating uh, four meals per day, if you are eating um, two meals with just protein, two meals with just carbs, which I don't recommend, but just throwing an example out there. Um, if you are eating at 12 p.m. and then again at 7 p.m., um, when I use the term mealtime, I'm kind of um, referring to all of those variables there, just so we're kind of all on the same page. Um, so big question is, does meal timing matter for fat loss? Um, does it matter? Does it make you lose fat faster? Does it make you lose fat slower if you don't have these variables dialed down? Uh, does it impact your weight loss to a significant significant degree? Um, so if it matters for fat loss, the short answer is um, yes. It, it definitely does matter. Um, it's something that you know, you've probably heard of before. Some other people talk about like, okay, let's get a good pre-workout meal, a good post-workout meal. Um, let's split our meals up this way or that way. Um, so your meal timing um, or meal distribution 100% matters for weight loss and fat loss. But it's important to remember when we kind of go over all of these variables um, and how it matters is that the total intake of the nutrients that you eat throughout the day matters more. So your total calories, your total protein, your total carbs, total fats, um, your total amounts of like vitamins and minerals you're getting throughout the day, um, hydration, how much water you're getting total throughout the day, your total of all those variables will matter more than your actual meal timing and how those are distributed. Um, but that doesn't mean that meal timing and meal distribution doesn't matter at all. Uh, just because it matters less doesn't mean that it's still not really important. But um, if you are neglecting um, how much you know total calories you're having each day, how many total grams of protein you're having, um, but you're so hyper-focused on, okay, my post-workout meal is good and my pre-workout meal is good, then I don't have to worry about the rest of the day. Then you're going to set yourself up for failure. So you have to make sure that you have your total intake of nutrients dialed in first and you're following a plan that has those totals that um, are going to get you to where you want to go. And then it's like the um, meal timing or meal distribution just helps you get there a little bit faster or more efficiently. Um, so trying to think of a random um, analogy here. So it's like your, your total amount of nutrients is like Let's say if you're driving um, and you're going, let's say to the grocery store, there's two routes you can go. You can go um, down like back roads and um, things like that. And that route might take you um, 20 minutes or so. And then there's another route where you get on the highway or the expressway, freeway, whatever you guys call it. Um, uh, my, my wife, she calls it, <laughs> she's always grown up calling it the expressway. I've always grown up calling it the highway. Um, Curious as to like what terminology you guys use. But anyways, um, okay, so you have two routes. 
One's um, taking back roads. That's like 20 minutes it takes you to get to the store. Um, the other route is uh, maybe taking that same car, but you're taking the highway and maybe it gets you there in 10 to 15 minutes instead of 20. Um, so it's not a huge difference, but taking the extra um, uh, precaution or um, taking the extra step of getting in the highway helps to save you a little bit of time or make your result um, a little bit better. Um, and this end result in this example would be um, getting to the grocery store a little bit faster. You save five minutes where having these, um, if you don't pay attention to meal timing at all and just pay attention to your total intake of nutrients, you'll probably still get to your destination. Uh, it, will it take you maybe just slightly longer, possibly, um, but it will ultimately still get you there. But if you want to get there in a way that is a little bit more convenient or a little bit um, more efficient or a little bit faster than paying attention to these meal timing principles um, will help. Um, so hopefully you guys like that analogy. Hopefully I didn't butcher it. I literally just thought about it on the spot. <laughs> but okay, so now let's dive into what ways meal timing or meal distribution um, can help us. Uh, so there are a few ways. Um, improved energy, um, having uh, your meals structured in a certain way can definitely improve your energy throughout the day because, um, you know, you're getting uh, micronutrients and macronutrients at this certain time of the day. So you might be able to avoid feeling sluggish and fatigued at like 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. like a lot of people do at work. Um, you can also experience uh, more fullness if your meal timing and meal distribution is on point. Um, I know so many people who they like wake up and they have a meal maybe first thing in the morning at 7 a.m. and then they don't eat again until 4 or 5 p.m. And then they go the whole day hungry, low energy. Um, so having um, rough principles as far as meal timing and distribution um, can help to um, improve your energy and uh, increase your fullness throughout the day so you don't have those periods of really um, extreme hunger. Um, having your meal distribution and meal timing uh, dialed in can uh, also benefit your performance in the gym. Obviously, if you're having certain nutrients uh, like carbs before your workout, uh, your workout is probably going to be uh, a lot better than if you, um, let's say, only had a meal of just protein uh, before your workout or a meal of just fat. Um, you can also have better recovery from your workouts. So if you're having a post-workout meal um, that has like carbs and protein versus a post-workout meal that maybe just includes fat, uh, you're probably going to have better recovery with the post-workout meal that includes carbs and protein um, for recovery other than just fat. Or maybe if you have a workout and um, you don't have a meal after your workout until maybe six hours after you're done working out, uh, you're probably going to have less recovery and experience more muscle soreness waiting six hours to eat versus if you were able to get in a meal uh, maybe an hour and a half or an hour after your training session. So um, definitely play a role, plays a role in better recovery. And then also um, improving your muscle growth and decreasing uh, the amount of muscle breakdown that you have. So um, I'm going to get into like actual specific tips, but um, having protein frequently throughout the day uh, could help to reduce muscle breakdown and can help to um, increase muscle growth or at least uh, muscle retention as opposed to if you were to just have like one meal of protein and the rest of your meals don't have any protein at all. So um, meal distribution and meal timing can definitely play a big role in all of these factors. Uh, so what are my main tips um, as far as meal timing and meal distribution uh, to kind of maximize these variables that we just went over? Uh, so I have six main tips um, 
who knows, maybe I'll think of a seventh uh, lucky number seven as I'm going through these. But let's get started with number one. And these are, aren't in any real particular order. I didn't necessarily put them. Number one is the most important. Number two is the second most important. Um, I think in general, they kind of go in that order uh, now that I'm looking at them, but I didn't specifically. So if there's some that's kind of out of order, then um, don't think that this is like order of importance. Um, so uh, meal timing and distribution tips. Uh, so tip number one, is to evenly space out your protein between four to five meals per day. Um, you can space that space it out between three if you have a pretty low um, calorie intake or a pretty low protein intake. Uh, so maybe you are a smaller male or a smaller female. Um, maybe you know you're shorter. Um, you just have less overall. Um, body mass because you are much smaller. You're like a five foot female is going to probably need, uh, safe to say, probably going to need less protein than a six foot five um, female or a six foot five male. Um, so if you are on the smaller end, you might um, do better separating these between three meals. But most people, I would say, um, they would be able to separate their protein between four to five meals. Um, and we want these to be every three to four hours. And there are a couple of reasons for this. Uh, reason number one is we want to um, really uh, increase the amount of fullness and satisfaction we can get from our meals. So protein um, is one of the most satiating, um, which means just making us full. It's one of the most satiating uh, macronutrients we can um, eat or um, it's one of the most... Um, satiating uh, nutrients that we can eat uh, that helps us to stay full uh, for the longer longer period of time. So um, making sure we're having uh, protein at each meal uh, throughout the day is really important if we want to just keep our hunger kind of under, under control. Uh, we don't want to end up getting too hungry in the middle of the day or towards the end of the day. Uh, so spacing out your protein between four to five meals is really important. Um, and we want those meals every three to four hours because one, we tend to get a little bit hungrier after uh, a few hours of not eating. Uh, so it's a good time to have another meal with protein in it to kind of fulfill that hunger. Uh, but then also when we're thinking about, you know, if we are exercising and we are um, doing lifting, especially, we need to be recovering from our workouts and we need to be stimulating muscle recovery throughout the day, um, not just after our post-workout meal, but throughout the day um, at the normal hours too. And protein synthesis tends to spike, um, which protein synthesis means uh, basically um, building of new muscle tissue. So the building of new muscle, muscle tissue spikes um, you know, pretty soon after you have protein in a meal. And then it tends to kind of uh, dip down a little bit and reach kind of its lower point after around four hours or so. After that meal is fully digested and absorbed, then it kind of, kind of um, dials down muscle protein synthesis. But we want as much muscle protein synthesis or as much uh, muscle uh, creation as possible to make sure we're building muscle and keeping our muscle. So it makes sense after about four hours to have another meal with protein in it to kind of spike that back up. And then this starts to come down after three to four hours and you have protein in another meal. Um, now, when we look at actual studies and look at outcomes, so we look at like how much muscle somebody has grown over a span of like four weeks versus somebody who um, is spacing their protein out every four hours versus somebody who is spacing their protein out every like eight hours, but they're both getting the same amount of protein. Um, the studies show the outcomes, there isn't necessarily a huge difference in muscle growth, but what we know about just physiology and how muscle growth occurs um, 
it would make sense to be on the safe side and try to get protein in every four hours or so. Uh, so that's my first tip with protein. Space it out evenly between four to five meals every um, three to four hours. Also, if you have a goal of hitting, um, let's say, 120 grams of protein um, throughout the day, because protein makes us so full, it's going to be really hard to get in that amount of protein in just two meals. To have two meals with 60 grams of protein each uh, is really difficult, even for myself, and I have a huge appetite. I can eat tons. Um, but if you take that 120 grams of protein that you're trying to hit throughout the day um, and you split it up into four meals, that's four meals of 30 grams each, which is a little bit more realistic. Um, so that would be my tip for protein. Space it out um, evenly throughout the day. Uh, tip number two is to evenly space out your calories uh, between four to five meals. So your total amount of calories as well. Space it out between four to five meals. Like I said, if you are a smaller female or you have a low calorie intake, um, you could probably space it out evenly between three meals. Like if your calorie intake was, um, you know, maybe 1800, you could split that up between three meals of 600 and that would be fine. Um, but I would think for most people, um, if they are eating um, 2000 calories or a little bit over, or maybe if maybe even if they're eating 1800, um, you might um, do better or you might just enjoy having four meals of around like 400 or 450 calories or so. Uh, so spacing out your calories um, is important for a lot of the same reasons that I mentioned with protein, just so you're not trying to cram in um, a ton of calories in just two meals. Um, that's going to be hard to hit your calorie goal. Like if I'm trying to eat 3000 calories a day and I only have two meals of 1500 calories each, I'm going to feel really full after those meals. If I can even finish those, I'm going to feel really bloated really uncomfortable. I'm probably going to want to just lay on the couch after I have that meal, but spacing it out a little bit more evenly between four to five meals, uh, make sure that I'm able to have meals that satisfy me, but they don't make me overly stuffed. Um, so that is another important reason to separate your calories between four to five meals. And then also when we have protein at a meal, we also want to have carbs with it because carbs actually help to, um, shuttle, uh, protein into the muscle for muscle recovery, um, almost like a transporter, almost like like a taxi driving somebody to a certain destination. Um, carbs help to transport protein to our muscles for better recovery um, uh, after our workouts. Um, so it's going to lead to a little bit more muscle growth if you are having carbs with those. So that's why it's important to space out your calories too. Um, so you're not just having your last meal a day of just protein, just 30 grams of protein and nothing else. Uh, so that's tip number two. Tip number three is um, carbs and fats. So carbs and fats, you can pretty much evenly space those out throughout the day between your meals with just slight alterations. Um, and the slight alterations that I would make would be uh, before and after your workout, make, um, make those meals a little bit higher in carb and a little bit lower in fat. And then your other meals throughout the day, um, that aren't right before or right after your workout, have those meals maybe just slightly higher in fat and just slightly lower in carbs. Now, this does not mean to cut out all carbs completely from those other meals that aren't surrounding your workout. It's definitely not what it means. But let's say if you are having, um, let's say if you're having 200 grams of carbs throughout the day, which if you're having that between four meals, that's 50 grams of carb each day, um, you might benefit from, um, making your carbs, um, 
your first meal and your last meal of the day, maybe instead of having those 50 grams, um, you had those maybe 35 grams. And then those extra 15 grams, you add to your pre and your post-workout meals. So your pre-workout meal, you're having 65 grams of carbs. And then your post-workout meal, maybe you're having 65 grams of carbs. Um, and then you kind of adjust fats um, the same type of way. If um, you want to keep fats maybe around five to 10 grams before your workout and after your workout, and then maybe um, the first meal of the day and your last meal of the day that are kind of away from your workout window, you um, maybe you have 20 grams or 25 grams of fat in those two meals. Uh, so that's just a rough example. Um, but the reason why we want to do that is because the meal we have right before our workout, we want it to be um, fast digesting. We want to digest it quickly. Um, that way we can utilize those nutrients um, for our workouts, or we can utilize those carbs to keep our blood sugar from dropping too low during our workout. So that's one reason why we want higher carb and lower fat before our workout is because we don't want to slow down digestion um, for those reasons. And then we also want, don't want to slow down digestion um, because we don't want to be like digesting a ton of food in our stomach in the middle of our workout. That's going to make us feel uncomfortable. We're going to feel sluggish. We're, we might start burping up some of our food or something like that. Uh, so we don't want any stomach discomfort during our workout. So picking something that's a little bit faster digesting um, before our workout um, will help out with that. And keeping your fats low before your workout will help out with your digestion um, going into that training session. And then for kind of the same reason after our workout is after our workout, our muscles are depleted, our uh, muscles are broken down a little bit. We want to get carbs and protein in, um, you know, as soon as we can uh, to help to kind of speed up that recovery process. And if you're having a meal super high in fat after your workout, that starts to slow down digestion. And um, then it's just a little bit more time it takes for those carbs and protein to get into our system and start the recovery process. Um, so if you have fat after your workout, is it going to, um, you know, kill all of your recovery and you're not going to get anything out of your workout? Absolutely not. But if you want to uh, maybe speed up that process just a little bit and um, over a long period of time, it might make a little bit of a difference in your recovery, then keeping your fats low after your workout is probably a good idea. Um, so that's my third tip is the carbon fat ratios before and after your workouts. Um, the fourth tip is to eat your last meal around two hours before bed. Um, and this is because we don't want to be trying to go to sleep super hungry because um, then it's gonna disrupt our sleep pattern and um, we're probably not gonna get good quality, quality of sleep. Um, and then we also don't want to eat our last meal 30 minutes before bed, uh, especially if it's like a big heavy meal. Uh, cause that is going to disrupt our sleep too and make us feel uncomfortable, bloated. Um, I know if I have a huge meal, um, and then I try to lay down right afterwards, um, I end up having some stomach discomfort. I feel uncomfortable. I can't really get to sleep. Um, and I just have like a lot of energy cause I just had this big meal 30 minutes before, um, so making sure your last meal is probably around two hours before bed is um, close enough to where it helps you feel full going to sleep so you can get good quality sleep, but not too full to where that's messing with your sleep as well. Uh, so that's tip number four. Tip number five is to include some type of intro workout uh, carbohydrate if you have extra carbs. Um, so this is definitely a... Um, case-by-case case scenario if you should include this one. Um, if your calories are lower and you're going through um, a fat loss phase, um, including carbs during your workout um, 
it could have some downsides as far as then if you're having carbs before in inside of your workout window, like actually when you're at the gym working out, um, it takes away from carbs that you can have outside of your workout, right? If you're having 200 grams of carbs and you have 30 grams of carbs during your workout, um, that's 30 grams of carbs that you can't have after your workout. Um, and typically the type of carbs we want to have during our workout are really, really fast digesting carbs that are really light on the stomach. I'm talking things like Gatorade, um, any kind of like carbohydrate powder, um, talking things like uh, sour candy, even like sour patch kids. Uh, <clears throat> funny. Uh, I, I did a powerlifting meet, uh, back in July and, uh, my wife, she was sitting in the stands watching, um, and she was having a conversation with someone next to her because they were just like, what is this thing with all these sour patch kids? Like all of the powerlifters, literally, I think all of them had bags of sour patch kids with them. Um, and that's because sour patch kids, um, are really fast digesting carb source. It's really easy for our bodies to digest those. They digest them very quickly for quick energy. Um, and the spur of the moment, they help to keep our blood sugar, um, at a stable level. Like if you feel like it's dropping low, have a little bit of sour candy and that's going to, um, bring your blood sugar up uh, so you don't feel that fatigue that happens when our blood sugar is low. Um, so there's a scientific reason why all these powerlifters had Sour Patch Kids. Um, but uh, that can be beneficial um, like if you are having training sessions that are lasting like an hour and a half to two hours long, um, having some kind of intra-workout carb, like I said, Gatorade, sour candy, even cereal uh, could be a good option. Some kind of carb that is pretty much just carbs. Maybe there's like sodium and stuff mixed in there but you don't have any like protein and fat mixed in. It's pretty much just carbs. Those can be helpful to giving you a quick burst of energy if you're starting to feel slowed down during your workouts. But like I said, if your calories are lower, which probably means your carbs, overall carbs total through the day are a little bit lower, um, having 30 grams of carbs might not help you um, stay full throughout the day as much as if you were to just um, you know power through your workout and have your 30 grams of carbs through solid food um, after your workout or, you know, sometime later in the day. So that's kind of a little caveat uh, behind intra-workout carbs is that if you, if your calories are higher and um, you're comfortable with having 30 grams of carbs during your workout and taking that away from later on, then that's completely fine. Could definitely benefit your performance in the gym during that session. But if your calories and carbs are low and you're struggling with feeling full throughout the day, probably a better idea to save those carbs for actual food um, that might have, you know, fiber and things like that, that can help to keep you full. Uh, so that's my fifth tip, include some intra workout carb if you have extra carbs left over. And then um, another tip, sixth tip is to keep fiber low before, during, and after your workout too. So this is the same reason um, why you want to keep fat lower is that fiber slows down digestion too. It takes a long time to digest. It helps us stay full, um, but it's not something that we want to have um, high amounts of before, during, or after a workout because, like I mentioned before, we want our digestion to be pretty quick before, during, and after our workout. Uh, that way we can utilize um, that fuel as fast as we can uh, during our workout. Um, we don't feel super bloated and uncomfortable during our workout, and then we can start the recovery process a little bit quicker um, if our digestion isn't slowed down from things like fat and fiber. So that's kind of my sixth tip. So those are my six main, six main principles when it comes to meal timing or meal distribution. Um, I know it sounds like a lot, but these, um, these tips or these variables, you know, pick one 
and start to focus on that one. Dial that one in um, for a couple of weeks, maybe a few weeks, and then start to, you know, put a little emphasis on the other ones. Uh, so if you're already hitting your total calories and your total protein, um, start with the first tip that I mentioned, evenly space out your protein between meals. Um, evenly space those out, get used to doing that uh, for two to three weeks. Uh, so it becomes pretty second nature to you. And it's um, just kind of natural and something you do. Then after you have that variable dialed down, um, then um, go to number two, space out your calories between meals, um, between four to five meals. Do that for a few weeks, um, then move on to the third tip, carbs and fats. Um, look at your pre and post-workout meals and see, you know, are, are my meals, um, am I having more than five to 10 grams of fat in those meals? If I am, um, maybe choosing a lower fat carb source before and after your workout. Um, same thing with fiber. If you look at your fiber before and after your workout and you see it's over five to 10 grams, uh, maybe dial that back and choose kind of a faster digesting carb source uh, before and after your workout. Um, then after you have that dialed in and you do that for a few weeks and that becomes natural, then move on to number four. So these are things that you don't have to just implement all of them right away, all six, um, to get any kind of benefit from them. You can get huge benefits just, just from spacing out your protein and just from spacing out your calories without focusing on these other variables. Um, but then if you slowly add in these things over a long period of time, then, you know, a few months can go by, six months can go by. And all of these things that I mentioned, as far as meal distribution and meal timing tips, they're all natural to you. You're doing them anyway. You're getting the best bang for your buck for your workouts, for your fat loss, for your building of muscle. Um, and um, it just it just comes natural to you then if you slowly introduce these things over a long period of time. Um, so hopefully this was helpful. Uh, let me know if you have any questions. Um, really excited that I was able to talk to you guys about this. Um, and I will see you guys in the next one.